Hello, Bill Boyd here again with the North Carolina Study Center and our daily devotional. We turn once again to the book of Revelation. I'll read to you the same passage, the first three verses that we read yesterday. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel, that is, his messenger, to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Because, of course, this comes from these visions that John saw and was given by the Lord. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. Thus the Lord bless the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts. Now, we looked yesterday into the fact, just briefly, that uh, the book of Revelation is singular revelation, although there are many things happening in it, but they all come down to this revelation of Jesus Christ. And we could quickly ask the question, well, is that a revelation of, meaning a revelation about Jesus Christ? Or is it the revelation of Jesus Christ, meaning things that Jesus intends to reveal to the hearers of this revelation? And as is often the case in dealing with the gospel, the answer is yes. Both things are true. Now, if we go uh, back to the Old Testament in Leviticus chapters 18 and 20, these are uh, sections of the law that deal with sexual immorality, the word here, apocalypse, is used, the, the Hebrew version of this, over and over again. And, and it has to do with this phrase um, or a command, you shall not uncover the nakedness of whoever it is, um, your father's wife, uh, your, your relatives, you, uh, someone who's not your spouse. And basically, anyone who you're not in a marital relationship with, you shall not uncover the nakedness of them. In other words, it's a very intimate term. And that word uncover is the same word. So when we're talking about uh, this revelation of Jesus Christ, we are talking about something very intimate. And we're talking about something that is to be revealed only to those whom God has chosen for it to be revealed. In other words, it's a very particular, intimate thing. And of course, what, what the scriptures tell us ultimately is that um, it's revealed to whomever has eyes to see and ears to hear, whomever will have the revelation and will see what is there. Now, in the New Testament, in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul uses this word uh, repetitively as well. In Romans chapter 2, verse 5, he talks about the coming judgment where um, God's righteousness will ultimately be unveiled through the person, uh, the work of Jesus Christ ultimately. And he's pointing forward toward the renewal of all things, what the book of Revelation is talking about. But he says what will ultimately be unveiled is the fact that God in his dealings with mankind has been righteous. In chapter 8, the Apostle Paul says that he, uh, as well as actually all of creation, 
uh, eagerly await the revealing. This is the unveiling, the apocalypse of the true children of God, that is, the real Israel. And closely related to that, when Paul writes the Ephesians, uh, in, in chapter 3, verse 3, he, he talks about the fact that Jesus, in Christ Jesus, is revealed the mystery that is the revelation, the unveiling, the apocalypse, uh, regarding the inclusion of the Gentiles. So, Jesus is the one being revealed to be the Son of God and to be the fulfillment of all prophecy, of all history. And Jesus, at the same time, is the one doing the revealing through his servants and by the power of his Spirit, the same Spirit whereby he was raised from the dead. And remember, to be raised from the dead is for the veil of death to be removed from you. And as the Holy Spirit, through the words of Christ sent by the Father, uh, reveals Jesus to us, that's what he's doing. He's unveiling um, this, the shame and this veil, this covering of death that has been over the world. Now in our time, and I think this helps us understand this, uh, a word that we might use for um, apocalypse, for a revealer, for unveiling, is the word whistleblower. And I don't know what all the connotations are for you with that. But it, it's best if the connotations are, are both positive and negative, because we realize throughout history that, that those who have been uh, the unveilers of the truth of God um, have not always been popular, just like other whistleblowers. Uh, I love how Peter Lightheart in the commentary I've been reading points out that um, the Jim Crow laws of the uh, post-Civil War South and up into the 1950s and 60s, they were revealed to be what they really were in all of their uh, demeaning reality by the Civil Rights Movement and people like Martin Luther King. Uh, more, much more recently, there have been actress after actress in Hollywood who's come forth and, and they've blown the whistle. They've revealed, they've pulled back the veil and the Hollywood casting couch and all that went on there. And there are a lot of famous whistleblowers uh, in, in history. Uh, in American history, a man named Daniel Ellsberg finally unveiled what were called the Pentagon Papers in 1971 and revealed to the world what actually had been going on in Vietnam. And uh, some of you may remember the movie Serpico where Al Pacino portrayed a New York City cop, it's a true story, who, who, who sought to pull back the veil and all the, the mischief going on in the New York Police Department in the 60s. Um, it actually, in 2002, Time's Persons of the Year were three whistleblowers. Sharon Watkins, who was the whistleblower for the Enron situation, and two women, Colleen Rowley and Cynthia Cooper, uh, who worked with a company called WorldCom. All that to say, whistleblowers, there's, there's a long history of those who have been willing to... Um, to be unveilers and revealers, but here's the deal with them. There's a close relationship between being a whistleblower, an unveiler, and being a witness. And there's a very close relationship between being a witness and a martyr. Because when the truth is revealed, whoever has been keeping the secrets tends to be upset, feel embarrassed. And of course, ultimately, the truth is revealed by Jesus Christ. 
by his coming and taking on flesh. And neither Satan uh, nor the world under his dominion was happy about that. And he paid a deep price. And yet it was that price that proved to be the ultimate unveiling of Satan for who he was and of God for who he is. The God who will stop at nothing to love his children. Now in the book of Revelation, things end up on a very intimate revelatory note, and that is ultimately the new Jerusalem is revealed to be the bride of Christ, the church. And Jesus and his bride are revealed to be just that, one flesh whom no one will separate. Another way to put it is this. In Genesis, when we read that the Lord said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make for him a helpmate. Well, we didn't realize the extent to which this revelation, that it's not good for the man to be alone, would determine history. For um, it's not, it was not just true of the first Adam, but of the second Adam, that it was not good that he'd be alone. And therefore, God gave him a bride to lay down his life for. Of course, as members of Christ's body, our lives are apocalyptic. They're revelatory. In other words, they are means through which God reveals the mysteries of his lordly love. And that's true of our individual lives, of our familial lives, and it's true, of course, as we are part of uh, the body of Christ, the church. All that to say is you go forth today, whether it, you're remaining in your house or whether you're going out for a bit, whatever the case, whoever you're dealing with, your life and your life together is to be a revelation, and it will be a revelation of where our hearts are. And therefore, we should go forth humbly, prayerfully, but also boldly, knowing that we've been seized by the God who will let no truth go unveiled. And he does that ultimately for your benefit and mine. The Lord bless us, keep us. The Lord bless and keep us as we go forth today. Peace.